Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and today we are going to be talking about dashas. I've gotten this request multiple times, and so I thought this was a good opportunity to finally talk about the dasha system of Vedic astrology. And so if you're totally new to this concept, stick around because there's probably some really interesting information that's going to be helpful for you. And even if you're super knowledgeable about the dashas, who knows, maybe you might learn something new. Before we get into the dashas, I just have to immortalize this story onto this podcast (laughs) because this is one of those podcasts that I can continue to use and share with people. I just feel like I need to share this story of what I've been through today. So I got this email from a shelter here in Austin with these dogs that were going to be euthanized. And so I've literally spent all day finding these dogs fosters to make sure that no dogs got euthanized. And my partner and I, of course, took two. (laughs) So now we have three dogs and a cat. And if you are in Texas, and you are looking for a very cute, very sweet lab mix puppy who's about six months old, six months old, we have two of them, Brody and Bodhi. So if you want one, let me know (laughs) if you're in Texas and looking to adopt. So Let's go ahead and get into the Dasha system. And I should say all the dogs got fostered. Okay, so this is a happy ending. No dogs got euthanized. So talking about the Dashas, first of all, what are the Dashas? The Dashas are planetary periods. And what this means is as we move throughout life, different energies are getting activated in our birth chart depending on which planetary period or planetary cycle we are in. Okay. And something else that is important to note is that I am using the Vimshotri Dasha system. There are a few different Dasha systems. I am using the Vimshotri Dasha system. This is how I was taught. And this is the one that I like to use. And this Dasha system is what sets Jyotish or Vedic astrology apart from other types of astrology profoundly. I mean, this is what makes Jyotish such a profound predicting tool. If you can really understand dashas, you can begin to really make amazing predictions. Because transits occur and they're important. But if we're not running a dasha that's going to be supportive of an event, it may not happen. The dasha is what is going to allow that energy to unfold and manifest. So it's really important to understand how dashas work when we are learning how to make predictions and when to learn how to expect what's going to come in our own lives. So knowing which dasha you were born in is kind of like the first place to start. And you can calculate your dashas online, you can look for a dasha calculator to learn which planetary cycles you're currently experiencing. But it's simple to understand which dasha we were born in. So to understand which dasha, which planetary period we were born in, we just need to look at our lunar nakshatra. 
If you're unsure, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on offerings and then chart, calculate your birth chart, look at the moon and then nakshatra. Whichever nakshatra you see, that is going to determine which dasha you were born into, which I'm about to explain. So whichever planet rules that nakshatra will be the dasha you were born in. If you were born with your moon in Kritika, Uttara Falguni, or Uttara Ashada, you were born in the sun dasha. It's so incredible, so important, right? If you were born with your moon in Hasta, Rohini, or Shravana, you were born in the moon dasha. If you were born with your moon in Murugashira, Chitra, or Danishta, you were born in Mars dasha. If you were born with your moon in Ardra, Swati, or Shadabishak, you were born in Rahu Dasha. That can be intense. If you were born with your moon in Purnarvarsu, Vishaka, or Purva Bhadrapada, you were born in your Jupiter Dasha. If your moon is in Pushya, Anuradha, or Uttara Bhadrapada, you were born in your Saturn Dasha. If you were born with your moon in Ashalesha, Jayashta, or Ravati, some of the most spiritual nakshatras we have, you were born in your Mercury Dasha. If your moon is in Magha, Mula, or Ashwini, you were born in your Ketu Dasha. Sometimes this is that spiritual wandering energy where you kind of feel displaced until you get older. If your moon is in Porva Falguni, Porva Ashada, or Barni, you were born in your Venus Dasha. Okay, so that is really important. Knowing which dasha you came into this world with is kind of setting the stage for everything. So please keep all of this in mind as we move throughout the rest of our podcast. Something else is that people want me, people have expressed interest <laughs> in me making a podcast where I talk about in the sun dasha, it's X, Y, and Z. When you run the Mars Dasha, it's going to bring X, Y, and Z. But the truth is that it's incredibly difficult to do that because all of our birth charts are so profoundly different and the way that the Dashas work are incredibly personalized. All right. So if you go onto Google and you type in Dasha calculator, go ahead and do that and follow along. Okay. So Depending on the dasha we are running, it's going to activate a certain area of our birth chart. It's also going to give a special aspect to the transiting planet, a special influence, I should say, to the transiting planet. But it goes deeper than just running one planetary period <laughs> because the maha dashas or the great dashas are dashas that we run for several years. And you guys know this, so much changes day to day, month to month. Not everything stays the same for several years. So the Maha Dasha or the Great Dasha of the planets of the Sun, Moon, Mars, Rahu, Jupiter, Saturn, Mercury, K2, or Venus, we're not using the outer planets because this is the traditional Vedic system. When we're running those periods, it's going to last for several years. But within the Maha Dasha, we are going to run sub dashas. They can also be called buktis or antar dashas. And those dashas are going to last a couple of months to maybe a couple of years. But the longest one you'll see is usually around three years. 
Okay. So let's go ahead and talk of, about this, the time span of these. So the sun dasha lasts six years. The moon dasha lasts 10 years. Mars is seven. Rahu is 18. It's a long time to be in Rahu. Jupiter is 16. Saturn is 19. Mercury is 17. K2 is only seven. And Venus is 20. So those are the Mahadashas. If you're running a Mercury Dasha, you're going to be in the Mahadasha for 17 years. If you're running a Jupiter Dasha, you're going to be in the Jupiter Dasha for 16 years. Again, things don't stay the same within 16 years, but there's going to be a flavored energy that the Mahadasha brings. The Buktis or the Subdashas is usually what we feel more potently because we can feel the distinct changes. And again, that's going to be a couple of months to a couple of years within those cycles. So it's really important to pay attention to your Mahadasha and then at least the first Subdasha next to it. And those are going to be the two that I primarily focus on. I should also mention that when we look at these Mahadashas and add them up, it's 120 years. And so according to traditional Vedic philosophy, the average human lifespan is 120 years. But because it's Kali Yuga and because we're not living um, an appropriate lifestyle, we're having these shorter lifespans. But the average lifespan, <laughs> according to Vedic thought, is 120 years so that we get to experience every single cycle, right? So you've gone to Google, you've looked up which dasha, dasha cycle you're in. Now, how to determine if the dasha or the bukti, the dasha or the subdasha, is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Which area of life is it going to affect? These are all questions we want to ask. And it's helpful to have prior knowledge of what's usually seen as auspicious or inauspicious. So, for example, in Vedic philosophy, 1, 5, and 9, these are auspicious numbers. 6, 8, and 12, these are inauspicious numbers, okay, typically. And so again, let's kind of talk about this. So if you are running a Mahadasha, whatever planet is the Mahadasha ruler, we want to see where it's placed in your birth chart. Because the house that it's sitting in is getting particularly activated. And the signs that that planet rules are getting activated. So for example, if your Jupiter is sitting in the first house, the first house is getting a special influence of Jupiter. If Jupiter rules the fifth house, the fifth house is getting a certain type of energy. So let's use a Scorpio example. If you're running a Jupiter Dasha, Jupiter rules the second house, Jupiter rules the fifth house, both of these houses are getting a particular activation. The nakshatras, if you have any planets in a Jupiter ruled nakshatra, they are also going to be getting a special influence when you're running that Jupiter Dasha. So if your Jupiter is in the second house, <laughs> It's going to be all about finances. It's going to be all about wealth. If Jupiter is in seventh house, it's going to be all about relationships, business partnerships. Okay. 
And then we want to see the bukti. Where's the the subdasha ruler? Because the subdasha is just as important as the mahadasha, pretty much, in order to make these predictions. So if you are running a Jupiter Mars dasha, where is Mars? Is Mars in the tenth house? You know, if you're in a Jupiter Mars dasha, Jupiter is in the seventh, Mars is in the tenth. It may have something to do with business, business relationships. If Mars is sitting in the sixth house, it could be overcoming obstacles, overcoming enemies. It could certainly have to do with health and healing, maybe having an accident, getting into a fender bender, getting surgery. Okay. So we want to see the houses that these planets are in. Now, another common thing I hear a lot is, well, Rahu is bad. Saturn is bad. Mars is scary. I just want to be in my Venus Dasha or I just want to be in my Moon Dasha. Totally. It makes sense, right? But not all Dashas are going to be bad, even if it's a malefic planet. So you want to look at the dignity of the planet and you want to have an understanding of where the planet likes to be. So again, just off the cuff, we know that houses 1, 5, and 9 are positive. Houses 1, 4, 7, and 10 are pretty positive. They can bring about prominent life events. So if we're running a Bukti or we're running a Mahadasha with a planet in one of those houses, without looking at anything else, which we want to, but without looking at anything else, it's a nice place to be. If planets are in 6, 8, or 12, these are going to be difficult because these are the Dastana houses, typically. But then we want to look deeper because some of the planets are going to do better in the Dastana houses than other planets, okay? So let's go ahead and, and get into it a little bit. For an example, if you have the sun, we all have the sun, if the sun is in good dignity, if it's in Aries, if it's in Leo, if it's in Scorpio, and it's in houses one, five, or nine, that's going to be a good period of time. Okay, same thing with the moon. If it's in Taurus, if it's in Cancer, if it's being well aspected, and it's in a positive house, we know that that is going to give pretty good results, if not just neutral results. Mars is one of these planets that can do well in Upachaya houses. So houses 3, 6, 10, or 11. If that's where your Mars is, if it's in good dignity, if it's in Capricorn, if it's in Scorpio, if it's in Aries, if it's well supported, it will likely give good results. For Rahu, it's the same thing. Rahu also likes those Upachaya houses. Jupiter, you know, we want Jupiter to be in the... Kendra's or in the triconals for Saturn. Saturn can do well in the Upachayas as well. Mercury does well in benefic houses, but Mercury can also do well in the eighth. K2 will also do good in, will do well, excuse me, in Upachaya. And then of course, Venus, seeing Venus typically in houses one, five, or nine, or the Kendra's, or even the 12th house, Venus does typically well in the 12th house too. So those are kind of like very simply put quote-unquote nice places for the planets but we also want to see the sign that they're in because you can have 
Saturn in the sixth, but if it's debilitated, that's going to give challenging results. If Saturn is in Aries in the sixth house, it's going to give difficult results. If Saturn is debilitated in the eighth house, when you run that planetary period, you want to be super careful of your health. Any of these you want to see is the planet in its exaltation? Is it debilitated? Is it in its own sign? Is it being aspected by benefics? Is it being aspected by malefics? That's going to help you determine if the period is going to be positive or negative. And you'll do this for the Mahadasha, the great Dasha, that long period of time. You'll also do it for the Bukti because you can be in a sun Dasha. Let's say you, you have an exalted sun. And you're moving through your sun dasha, you've got an exalted sun, it's well placed, but then you have a debilitated Mars. And you're in your sun mahadasha of six years, but now you're moving through the period of your Mars bukti. When your Mars moves, when you move through that dasha, that bukti, it is going to give you difficult results, even if you're in your sun mahadasha. It might not be as intense of bad results. But it's going to give you challenges. Okay, if you have a well placed Saturn, and you're moving through your Saturn period, but your Venus is debilitated in the eighth house, when you run that Venus period, that's what's going to be difficult. It's not going to be the Saturn Mahadasha if your Saturn is well placed, it's going to be the Venus even though Venus is a natural benefic. So this is why we can't put a blanket statement on what's going to occur in the certain dashas. It's completely specific to your chart. And we want to also assess the meaning of the houses, right? Like I was talking about with the eighth house, it could be chronic disease, it could be death, it could be losses, it could be, you know, maybe you get an inheritance, but it's because somebody passed away or something like that. Um, if you have positive plants in the 10th, when you run those Mahadashas, it's going to be great. Your career is going to expand. You're going to feel in flow. And then maybe you run a Bukti with a planet that's well-placed in the ninth house. Super nice, super sweet, super auspicious, super fortunate, long-distance travel. You know, that's going to be the ninth house. It's going to take you traveling. It's going to educate you. It's going to give you good teachers all the while you're growing in your career. That's if you're in a Mahadasha and a Bukti of the 10th and the ninth house when the planets are well-aspected. If the planets are debilitated, if they're being aspected by Saturn or Rahu, it's not going to give as sweet of results. Okay, I hope that makes sense. The other way to tell how a, a Mahadasha and Bukti are going to work together is looking at the spatial relationship. So if you're running a Mahadasha and a Bukti, right, two areas of your chart are getting activated. Whatever the house is representative of. So you've got to understand what the houses mean, right? First house is like the self and the physical body. Second house is the finances. Third house is communications and siblings has to do with education. Fourth house is the home, property, real estate, the mother. Fifth house is education, children, creativity. Fifth, uh, sixth house is health and healing, service to others. Um, Accidents, injuries, opponents, seventh house is relationships, business partnerships, eighth house is transformation and change, death, chronic illness, ninth house is education, the guru, father, foreign travel, teachings, tenth house is your career, authority, eleventh house is friendships, network circles, long-term goals, hopes and wishes, twelfth house is hidden enemies, moksha, liberation, spirituality. So 
wherever your Maha Dasha ruling planet and your Bukti are, those areas are going to get activated. The spatial relationship. If your sun, if you're in your sun and Saturn Dasha and your sun and Saturn are six away from each other, that may give challenging results. If they're eight away from each other, that could give challenging results. If they're 12 away from each other, that can give challenging results. And it will be more challenging depending on the state of the planet. Sun's exalted, Mercury's debilitated. If they're um, 12 signs away from each other, that could give difficult results. Okay. Now, if they're five and nine away from each other or four and 10 away from each other, that can give nice results. Those are more harmonious results. So Venus and Jupiter are four signs away. Venus and Jupiter are 10 signs away. Venus and Jupiter are five signs away. Both are in good dignity. That's going to be a nice period. One of them's debilitated. That could still bring challenges. Okay. So you want to consider all of this holistically when determining and on top of all of that you want to consider transits as well <laughs> so for an example if you are running a sun jupiter period and jupiter is transiting your seventh house of relationships that could 100 percent bring a relationship into the situation if you are trying to find a teacher you're running your Jupiter Dasha, Jupiter transits the 12th house, definitely you'll have someone important come into your life. If you, again, if, um, if you're running a Saturn Dasha and you have Saturn well-placed in your 10th house and Saturn is transiting your 10th house, this could mean that your career takes off, that you become a leader in your community. So it's not always something bad with these malefic planets. We want to see where they're placed and how they're doing. Again, if you, I've seen this. I've seen this recently. Someone has Saturn and Capricorn in their 10th house. They're having a Saturn return. They're running a Saturn Dasha. Boom. Their career is taking off. They're getting so much responsibility, so much discipline, and they're reaping the benefits for it. So these are the types of things that we want to watch out for. All of that being said, let's go ahead and recap and then I'll move into my final part on this. So the dashas are planetary periods. They activate certain places of our chart. So that's probably like the first thing to look for. Googling which cycle you're in, locating those plants in your birth chart. Depending on the house that they're in, those houses are becoming active. They're going to be critically important. Okay. Then to determine if it's going to be good or bad, you want to see the condition of the planet. Are they in good dignity? What sign are they in? Is it friendly? Are they being aspected by positive planets or malefic planets? Is the house that they're in positive? That's going to help you determine if it's going to be a positive or negative experience. Then you want to see the spatial relationship between the Mahadasha and the Bukti. If it's 6, 8, or 12, maybe a little bit more challenging. If it's five or nine, maybe more beneficial. Four or 10 can also be beneficial. So those are a few easy ways, <laughs> quote unquote, to start looking at the dashas. And then you also want to learn how to integrate the use of transits in them as well. And of course, you want to take into account the divisional charts. The divisional charts are going to give us so much insight but I thought that covering information on the divisional charts was just too much for this podcast but when determining the quality of a dasha we also always want to look at the d9 and our other divisional charts 
then you get to learn about the yearly chart and the other uh, systems that we use. And it just keeps on becoming more and more complicated and more and more amazing. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about a few simple things to watch out for when moving through the Mahadashas and even the Buktis and what they can represent, though as you and I have clearly discussed, it will be so largely dependent on your own birth chart. Um, and I mean, I, I want to say too, really briefly, is think about the f- uh, the functional malefics and the functional benefics. Because like for a Cancer Ascendant, Mars rules um, a Kendra and a Triconal house, it becomes a great planet. So Mars can give excellent results for Cancer Ascendant and Leo Ascendant. Venus can give excellent results for Aquarius and Capricorn if Venus is in a good planet, excuse me, in a good sign, if it's in a good house. So think about the signs that it rules and which houses those signs are. Because if they're ruling Dastana, it's going to bring about that Dastana energy. Just keep that in the back of your mind. But again, I'm going to go briefly over what these dashas can represent. So if you are moving through a sun dasha, if it is a Mahadasha or a Bukti, The sun dasha can bring about opportunities of leadership. It can affect the confidence. The sun represents the father. It represents, again, willpower and confidence. So it's going to affect these areas. If you have a well-positioned sun, if it's in a good sign, if it's in a good house, these areas are going to flourish. If your sun is debilitated, if it's being aspected by malefics, if it's in a distana house, your confidence may suffer. Your self-esteem may suffer. You may feel a lack of control. Something could happen with your father. The health issues are things to watch out for. You want to watch the heart. You want to watch for issues with the government. That's never fun. When you're running your moon, Mahadasha, or your Bukti, particularly the Mahadasha, right? The moon dasha is going to be so important for everybody because this is a lunar based system. So when we run the moon dasha, it has so much to do with our sense of self, our identity, what brings us fulfillment, what brings us joy, has a lot to do with how the outer world um, kind of sees us because the moon represents like how people see us in public. The moon has to do with the masses, right? So if the moon is super well positioned, and then we run a moon dasha, maybe we gain notoriety, maybe we gain a lot of success. Something, oh my gosh, something that I want to say is that a dasha cannot give results that are not mentioned in the birth chart. So if you're looking at a birth chart, and it does not say that someone is going to be famous, and you run the sun dasha, or you run the moon dasha, it doesn't mean that you're going to get famous because it's not saying that in your birth chart. What we're looking for has to already be stated in the birth chart. You're going to be famous. You're going to be healthy. You're going to have children. You're going to get married. If those things are not in the birth chart, when you run the dasha sequence, it may not occur. Okay. And if you have a specific yoga, like a Raja yoga, that's going to be a good period if you have planets associated to that Raja Yoga. If you have an Arista Yoga, the planets associated to that yoga will not likely give the best results. Okay. So if in your chart, moon says fame, and you run your moon Mahadasha, this may be when you get famous. This may be when people really start recognizing you. If the moon is afflicted, this can give a lot of mental instability. Lots of fluctuations, lots of self-doubt. 
you know, it could even bring public shame, could bring uh, humiliation. It could also, of course, bring issues with the mother. Mars is going to bring about ambition. It can bring passion. It can also have to do with our vitality and how, how much zest we feel. Mars also has to do with real estate. So perhaps you acquire property, especially if Mars is like in your fourth house. And then you run your Mars Dasha, certainly. Then Jupiter transits over it or something like that. Mars can also do with surgery, though. So there can be this proneness to surgery. If Mars is heavily afflicted, there can be accidents, injuries, burns, um, arguments with the brother, dis disputes with the brother can also have an effect on like the muscular system and the blood. These are all things ruled by Mars. Rahu is one of these periods that everybody dreads because everything on the internet is scary. And it is true that Rahu can give very intense and prominent results. And usually it's when people are shifting between Mars and Rahu. The beginning of Rahu is when they feel a big shift. And then at the end of Rahu is when they feel a big shift. And Rahu gives material success. It gives material possessions it, because Rahu is this insatiable desire to attach ourselves to the material world. So a lot of the time, it can actually give us those material successes. And again, if Rahu is in an Upachaya, 3, 6, 10, or 11, it can give even nicer results if it's well-placed, if it's well-aspected. But the thing with Rahu Dasha to remember is that a lot of the time, what we acquire in that period is lost in the end. So we may go through this period where we gain a lot and then at the end, maybe we lose it all or we just decide it's not what brings us happiness. So this is the one thing to watch out for with Rahu, but again, it can give us that pretty intense shift, especially at the beginning of the Rahu period. Um, but it really can. I mean, you'll see people have great Rahu periods where they're getting success and they're moving through their obstacles and people are recognizing them. But if Rahu is like in the eighth house or the 12th house, it can bring difficulties. It can bring a lot of anxiety. It can bring worry. Okay. So have that on your radar. The Jupiter Dasha, if Jupiter is well-placed, <laughs> it can give us, of course, expansion and it can give us teachers. It can give us knowledge. We can meet people who are super influential to us and it can help us travel the world and again, meet new people and expand and have fun and be lighthearted. Um, it can also give us good health if Jupiter is well-placed and protection. Again, I just, I love this one because it expands our philosophy and our knowledge. It can also give us children because Jupiter is the karka for children. If Jupiter is malefic in our birth chart, if it's in a Dastana house, if it's afflicted, if it's debilitated, if it's being aspected by malefic planets, it can give the opposite. We feel restricted. We have issues with our gurus. We have issues with our teachers. We have poor luck traveling. We feel disconnected spiritually. Um, there could even be issues with children. Maybe we have health issues. And remember, Jupiter is going to be like the liver and the spleen and the gallbladder as well. And just like fat buildup in our system. So these are things that we want to watch out for in the Jupiter Dasha. 
if you are running the Saturn Dasha, and again, this is one of those long Dashas, if Saturn is well-placed, it can give us such profound gains when it comes to work, towards being disciplined, towards our organizational skills. It can also do with land or property. It's going to do well in the Upachaya houses. Um, it's going to really help build foundations for the future. This is how I was taught, and I felt like it made so much sense, is it puts people to work for what is to come so saturn can be so good at laying strong foundations but if saturn is malefic if it's not doing well in our chart it can definitely bring illnesses and it can bring challenges with our work because saturn has so much to do with work the mercury dasha mercury is all about socializing and being communicative speaking writing can also do it also has to do with like happiness you know mercury is one of these jovial fun planets it can also be a time where people decide to get into academia it could be teaching it could also be learning it can also do a lot with business mercury is all about trade and commerce if mercury is afflicted it can give nervous system issues it can give skin issues can also affect um, the lungs. I always forget the lungs. The K2 period. K2 always likes us to detach from things. So it can drive us to feel more spiritual, more disconnected. It can help us practice non-attachment. But K2 is another one of these planets. If it's in an Upachaya house, if it's well-placed, if it's well-aspected, and we are already living a spiritual path, it can help excel our spiritual practices. You know, we can get deep spiritual insights in this period. Um, but if we're not on a spiritual path, sometimes it can kind of shake us up. It can kind of take things because it's trying to show us to, to uh, move towards spirituality. Because a lot of the time, if things are going wrong, <laughs> if things are challenging, that's when we start moving towards spirituality. So it could be that people who aren't on a spiritual path, maybe they experience some losses and uh, some difficulties. But a lot of the time with people who are already seeking, it's not so bad. You know, a lot of the time it's just delving deeper into spiritual practices. Um, I knew someone who was in K2 Dasha through social work and they got married in K2 Dasha. They started their own business. They did lose a job they lost a job for like the first time in several years but other than that everything turned out pretty well for them you know it wasn't anything traumatic so please don't think that k2 or rahu is going to totally destroy you um k2 can also be a period where you get into k2 ruled activities so it could be spirituality but it could also be like film or photography the venus period the longest period this is a wonderful beautiful time period if venus is doing well it can give us love and romance and marriage it can also give us luxuries it can give us um, a tendency towards art i went through my venus dasha and i remember um being so interested in art i wanted to be an artist when i was little and now i you know i like art but it's it's so funny how things changed i mean i was really obsessed with art you walked into my room and there were drawings everywhere there was photography everywhere that's what i loved because i was in that venus dasha um, and it can certainly if fame is in your chart and venus is associated to that fame can certainly come when you run the venus dasha if Venus is heavily afflicted, it's going to affect all these areas. It can affect wealth. It can affect the uh, finances. It can certainly affect our relationships in a big way. And as always, if a planet is afflicted, it could impact the health. Venus is going to govern the thyroid reproductive issues or the throat. So we want to be careful. So that is 
a crash course in the dashas and what to watch out for. But I think that the main point that I want to get across is that we cannot determine if a dasha is going to be good or bad just based on the qualities of the planet. We can't say Saturn is going to be horrible for everyone. We can't say Rahu is going to be horrible for everyone. We certainly, I was about to say something. I was about to (laughs) say a word I never say on podcasts. We certainly, it, it was sure as something. We certainly can't determine if Venus is going to be beneficial just because it's Venus. Sun is going to be beneficial just because it's the sun. Because if those planets are afflicted in our birth chart, if they're in difficult houses, they will not be easy time periods. Rahu and Saturn, if they're in good dignity, if they're well aspected, they will give us good results. And you'll see this when you do enough research on people. You'll see that people have excellent time periods in these malefic, quote unquote, planetary periods. So, and I guess the other thing I should say is that if you do have an afflicted planet, be sure to look at it very carefully because it's possible that you have a cancellation of a debilitation or a benefic aspect that you're missing that's going to greatly mitigate any negative impact. Please don't jump to any conclusions. Look very, very carefully at your chart. And as always, if you're having trouble, you should consult with an astrologer who's been doing this for a while. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope that you enjoyed it. I appreciate you all so much. If you are looking for a pet, (laughs) if you're in Austin, let me know. If you are looking for a pet and you're not in Texas, please be sure to remember to adopt look at shelters make sure that you're getting a pet that really needs a home that's the best thing we can do my name is christine rodriguez this is astrology now podcast if you'd like to follow me on instagram it's astrology now underscore podcast you can schedule a reading at innerknowing.yoga patreon is patreon.com slash astrology now podcast and i will talk to you all very soon again my name is christine this is astrology now thank you so much